All right, we are back, and uh, we are uh, one day later from uh, from Glenn's harassment of, of John. Uh, I have a question. Yeah, go. Uh, where is he? Oh, uh, he? We just ordered beers, Yeah, and we're sitting here. Is he in the bathroom? Have, did you look in the bathroom? Uh, I can go check if you want. Wait, no, he only does that at the end oh, of the wait show. Wait a minute, right? he has alligator arms. He's not here. That's right, yeah. So okay, he, so I'm paying tonight. Apparently, John, is. Uh, he says that he is, I'm putting uh, quote-unquote um, fingers right now, he is apparently on a business trip. Business. Do we believe this? Monkey business? I would believe more monkey business than I anything see. else. I don't, I don't know if I believe that he's actually... He said he was going to Albany. Albany? Albany. Is that how you say well, it? Well, he must have taken a left because I took a right and I'm at Madden's and what's the address? Yeah, it's at 65 Gray Road in Falmouth. Really? In the Hannaford Plaza. Uh, can yeah. you explain exactly where that is? So Just so I know the next yeah, time it's I come. Right, right off of uh, Route 100 and it's uh, right up the road from, from both of our houses. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, okay. well, we I appreciate are, that. Uh, no problem. Uh, John is in New York. Okay. Yeah, and he said he was going to call in, but have you heard your phone ring yet? No. I haven't heard my phone ring yet. I will not take his call. He's going to miss two very good guests. Absolutely. And you know what? It's probably better for the guests that he's not here. I, it probably is. So, yeah. And again, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Heck yeah. I'd like to welcome Glenn back to the show. Uh, one day later, you made it. Well, you're much better than John tonight already. It's called commitment. I have it. He doesn't. We are, we are also lucky to have uh, two coaches at US, uh, USM, at SMCC, uh, Southern Maine Community College in South Portland, Maine, uh, Ethan Wells of uh, SMCC Soccer. And now uh, you're also, am I right in saying that you are the assistant athletic director? You are SMCC? right. Yeah. You are right. And then uh, who's the guy to your, to your left? What's his name again? Oh, this is Matt Richards. <laughs> Everyone knows Matt Richards. <laughs> so Matt has uh, become a staple at SMCC. You are, 2003 you started there? Is I got a right? job in 2003, yep. so I've, I'm on my 16th season. 16th season as the varsity boys basketball coach and also the athletic director. I wear multiple hats at the college. Yes. Yeah, you probably they give you the athletic director hat, but you probably do so much more. Than <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, just got assigned. Uh, it's been two years now, or three, 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 when three I, years yeah. actually. I'm also the associate dean of students. So outstanding. My title is very long and doesn't fit on a business card. <laughs> And one of our colleagues um, makes a joke that, and you may have to edit this out, I'm not sure, but on my business card, it should just say, ass, dean, and basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I want that uh, going out I don't, in the I don't public. Think that would be healthy. Uh, I don't know yeah. that I want to go into homes and recruit kids and show them that card, but there's you know. a period after the second S, isn't there? I yeah, assume. yeah, there's a hyphen mark or okay, a period or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of a running joke at the college that yep. Matt Richards has so many job titles we can't fit it on a business card. So That's awesome. Well, hey, I, as a taxpayer in the state, you should be very thankful you're getting your money's worth on my salary. I was going to say as budgets go down, your responsibilities go <laughs> my, up. My business card grows. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for, for being here tonight. We are uh, truly, we are at Madden's Pub and Grill. They're, they're always a very gracious host. Um, and clean bathrooms. And clean bathrooms. Absolutely. Very clean Love bathrooms. It. And I'm going to put in a plug because I actually haven't been here before. Yep. This is a cool place. So, yep. so those listeners out there, um, you know, if you're venturing out to the outer end of Portland into Falmouth, this is, you got to stop here. This is pretty cool. Yeah, this has become, become the neighborhood bar for uh, for a lot of Falmouth and even even Cumberland folks um, venture down here or, or on their way home um, from a hard day. But it's also the North Deering, uh, the, in the North Deering, it's just north of North Deering, uh, right off the exit, so it's very accessible. But uh, Simone and, and Philip are, are outstanding, um, true Irish yep. uh 
um, owners, and they're just awesome people. So, so enough about enough about those guys. We're we're here to talk about you guys. So so I I, I really want to dig back um, into both of your your kind of your origin stories. Now, Ethan, you're a little bit younger than Matt. Sorry, Matt. Just a touch. Just a touch. You, you. No harm, no foul. I won't. I won't uh, I won't you had take something. That something big just happened within the last year. What? Ha- what happened there? I got married. You got married. It's a big deal. Just, just a week ago, too, in Albany. In Albany. Yeah. <laughs> so things happen. Full Albany. circle stuff here. Maybe John. Maybe so John, John probably confused. thought that he was right. going to the wedding of the guest. Uh-huh. He got and confused. Is stuck there, yeah, and that's you know. it. That makes a lot more sense. He was looking for free beer. Yeah. That's what it was. He's probably sitting in some venue right now by himself <laughs> with his tuxedo on. You know, <laughs> white shadow. So, uh, Ethan, I want to start. I want to start with you. Let's do it. You are you are a young guy. Starting your starting your coaching career, not really starting your coaching career. Are you? Is this your first coaching experience or head my coaching? my first head coaching um, start? Yes. Yeah. And you grew up, if I read it correct, you were a New Hampshire native. Is I am right? a New Hampshire native from a little teeny town up north. Yeah. What's it called? What's the town? It's called Franconia, New Hampshire. Uh, we know Franconia very Do well. You? Yeah, we travel up there for uh, vacation. Oh, okay. Often. It's a great. Yeah, it's a big. It's a big vacation spot. It's a great place to visit. It is fun. Yeah. But then I want to leave. <laughs> and then you want to leave after the weekend, right? There's not much more to do. Oh, that's it's great. I, I've I've had a lot of lot of times that we we cannot talk about uh, <laughs> on the podcast up there. But so uh, you graduated from uh, what college now? I graduated from UNE, yep. um, 2013. Yep. And then I went to go get my master's at Endicott College. Yep. Um, just and I graduated in 2016. Yep. And so, did you play? Did you play sports at those uh, two respective schools? I played. You? Yep, I played soccer at UNE. Yep. Okay, so you used all four years of eligibility. For four years. Yep. Yeah. Right on. And who's your who's your coach there? So I had two. Um, <clears throat> I started with um, uh, Andy Biggs. Yep. Who actually moved on after my freshman year? He went to Brown. Yeah. Um, and then Matt Nall came in, young guy, um, and he coached me sophomore through senior year. Yeah. So, do you find that UNE was was kind of a, st- a stepping stone for a lot of a lot of coaching careers, or is it? Do you have it, a lot of coaches there that that stuck? Um, actually, in in my time, it, it was it was a little bit um, the turnover happened in my time. Uh, I know, like Andy Biggs had been there for for years prior. So, um, and then then when I graduated, just just the next year, a new coach came in. So it was just for that for that period of time that I went there. Um, but otherwise, um, I know that I know that that school has has really started to take athletics a, a little bit more seriously, and they've they've certainly amped up their game in terms of a- athletic offerings and coaching staffs so, and facilities too. Right? And facilities. They, had a, they had a whole new facility built down there. Right. It's a, it's amazing. I from the time I um, started there in two thousand nine, and, and and when I graduated, huge huge changes had had been made, and it's it's great to see. Did you know when you were in when you were in college? Did you know that you wanted to coach? I did, and I, I knew I wanted to be athletic director someday as well. So, and, and to pair it now is is uh, is amazing. I Why? try I try to convince him. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why dude? this is the worst job in America? What is wrong with you? Why do you want to be an AD? This is the thing. I do. I, I literally I will knock on his like I will will I'll yell across the the the, the walls basically because our offices <laughs> share a wall, and I'll yell at him. I'm like. Why do you want to do this? You're crazy. Get out now. And he still comes back. I can't figure it out. You know, for, for everything that that's that's difficult or challenging about it, then you you have so much more to to be thankful for. We, we, we get to hang with hang with all the student athletes and 
and to coach as well is just it's a it's a dream. Yeah. And so this was your first year as a as a head coach. Correct. Yep. And uh, you did well, it? no, sorry, 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 sorry. I, I was the head coach of the golf team. Gotcha. For for the two years prior, and then I took over the women's soccer program this fall. Wait, SMCC has a golf team? They do. We do. Why did I Come not know on. this? Yeah, I did not know oh, this. That's painful. That's like I did not know this. Otherwise, I would have been That's like lemon juice in the paper cut right there. <laughs> Come on, So man. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, it's okay. So the soccer team, I'm not sure how golf went. That's, that's brand new to me. But the soccer team had some success this year. We did. We did. How did you guys do? Um... <laughs> We did. We finished um, eleven and one in the regular season. No, ten and one. Yeah. Um, and we won our first playoff game. We um, lost in the championship of the final of our conference um, tournament, and then. But we were lucky enough to get an automatic bid, or sorry, an at-large bid yep. to the USCAA national tournament in Virginia Beach, and and we took it as the four seed, and and we went. Um, we lost both games, unfortunately, but only by one goal apiece. So, um, and how's the level down there? How's the talent level down? Much. There? It's it's super competitive. It is. Yeah. Um, so I was happy with the result, especially I, I had a um, I had a pretty thin roster. I, I was carrying fourteen uh, women. So so with that comes a lot of mileage throughout the season. Um, and towards the end there, I felt like we were getting a little bit gas. So. Um, I was I was happy with our effort for sure, and, and we hung. We actually played the number one seed the first day, um, and we lost one nothing. And then then we turned around the very next day to play the number five seed, and, and again lost one nothing. But it was a great experience for me and, and and for the team. So you didn't even. I mean, you. I, I, I really want to get into recruiting with you guys as as a community college at, at some point during this podcast. But did, you you walked in and that you adopted the team, right? I mean, you didn't. You weren't able to recruit. You weren't able to put anything together other than you know that that, that, showed um, up. that really that athletic director over at southern Maine community college really didn't set up the women's soccer coach very well no apparently <laughs> so not. we should probably talk to that guy we should we should have him on the know, podcast didn't, you know sure. we, yeah you should invite that guy to the podcast because <laughs> he didn't necessarily give the women's soccer coach a full deck of cards to make the best hands but yeah. apparently he did did you see how i just did that i just turned it around so that you look really good and i look lousy this is fun yeah, this, this is good. This, this is, is like good me. Stuff. This is like John. You know, John. We can we John can beat up on John. You, you remember the guy that used to be on this podcast? Yeah, he's off now. He's off. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's been fired. Yeah, get rid of no, him. I'm, last I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in on that I, and just say, uh, as the director of athletics, you know, Ethan did an outstanding job um, coming in, not necessarily in the most timely manner because it w- it wasn't done in a, in a great way that you can recruit uh, in early on in the process. Um, but what he did was he came in in the time that he had, got some roots established, got some kids interested, and then took that group plus some of the returners and just turned it into a great culture And then in, in one season. Um, I use the word culture a lot in coaching, and so it comes naturally to me, and we can talk about that if we want on the, on the, on the show. But um, what, he's able to, what he was able to create in that first season was really outstanding and, and – is going to bode well for him as he continues the recruitment process for that program. Because um, the work th- starts now, right? I mean, you're you're doing right now. You're recruiting for next year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm 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 always recruiting. I know Matt. Sure. Matt likes to use a phrase. Recruiting's like shaving, right, Matt? Yeah. Uh, so my phrase is this: when it comes to recruiting, and, and I didn't coin this, so I'm not taking credit. So in case there's any copyright laws out there, I'm not breaking <laughs> any. This is not my first initial statement, but I've adopted it. 
uh, recruiting at our level is like shaving. You got to do it every day. And the days that you don't, everybody notices. Yep. Right. Yeah. And college is so, it's so much the recruiting process, right? Your success from year to year is part, the biggest part of it is getting the right kids in place, right? And, and trying to get as many kids interested in your school or at least knowing about your school because mm-hmm. you get a lot of the kids that will go to these Division three programs, Division one programs, Division two, and then they come home. So they might not like it for whatever reason they come home and they need a place to play. So you've developed the relationship with the kid, even though you knew it was a reach kid, and maybe, maybe they come back and they're playing for you the next year or the or two years later. Or, and the other part of it is that I want you to talk to is also it's two year school, right? So you, you're recruiting kids for for a two year process. So you guys are nonstop more so than maybe a maybe. Yeah, a we, we do have some uniqueness kids that are there for three, and and we can talk a little bit more about that mm-hmm. at the end of the show in terms of. Actually, Southern Maine Community College Athletics, uh, due to some of our majors. But, yeah, I mean, we're, we're at a much more higher volume of recruiting than, say, your traditional four-year sure. institution. Yeah. So when you when – you, did, did you apply in an interview with, with Matt? I did. You did? I did. Ta- talk to me about that process. Well, be, be careful. Your review is coming up later. No, no, no. So it just was, keep that in mind. No, it was a happy process. I got the job. <laughs> We're good. No, it was. Um, you know what? I well, I guess I, I guess I can start w- with my background a little bit, then and we lead into it. But yep. um, so I I'd coach a little bit. I was the assistant um, coach at UNE for the for two years after I graduated, um, and then I was fortunate. I I worked for ESPN for a year. Um, as a college basketball and college football uh, analyst. Um, and then I, as well, I, I worked for Post University at the same time doing like some sports information stuff. So um, with the coaching and, and the experience that I had built um, on my resume, this this job popped up one day and and I, I had been living in Portland coaching a club team for a couple years and um, and it was, it was right in my backyard and and I, I was so excited to apply, and I applied, and um, and I was fortunate to get an interview and in in front of a panel, <laughs> um, and and then they called me back, another interview, and and um and I'm here now. So Have they told you you were the only candidate at the time. Or? <laughs> they said you're it, Ethan. Let's <laughs> shh, shh, don't say that. Out loud. Okay, sorry, sorry. Let's do this. Yeah. So that's great. That's Congratulations. The, you, you guys seem like you have a very good relationship, and you you work together pretty closely and i know matt you you yell at him about not taking the job how fortunate are you to have a guy like him it's he's he's done a really good job um you know one of the things this whole like i mentioned before uh, the show started we talked about my various job titles and whatnot but um you know there are days that i'm just i'm going in seven different directions and to have ethan there that i know you know now he's in his third year with us like i mean he can really take on the responsibilities of day-to-day operations and athletics sometimes because sure. you know the president's office calls me i'm leaving whatever i'm doing if the yep. you know something on campus comes up and it's part of the nature of the job and i get it but um no it's 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 you know i think we've created um you know kind of a unique setting at the college uh, you know we're kind of like a two-headed monster trying to uh, sure. create an athletic environment for our student athletes that they understand when they come um, they're getting an experience like they would anywhere else. And I've always said that to my coaches, to the student athletes, to even our, our college administration is regardless of whatever our name is as a college, I don't want student athletes to think differently. 
So when they come here, you know, at my background, I have experiences at Division One and Division Three and whatnot. Well, I'm offering those student athletes the same experiences that I had. Yep. And and so, you know, Ethan, when when him and I sit down and we talk about strategic planning and and how do we want the program to look and you know what kind of offerings we're going to do, you know, we talk about those things. And you know, Ethan had some similar experiences, and so you know, there's a lot of meshing there of of philosophical, you know, and then what outcomes we want for kids. Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 a very dual working relationship to make everything happen yeah it's critical to have the right right people in in play and and ethan it sounds like you're it's a good fit for you it is it's a great fit and and just to add to matt you know to have two i mean matt's super passionate about about what he does and and it it rubs off so um so and i'm 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 just the same way so you know you 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 can't fail if 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 you care enough right so so that's that's part of our mission athletics so you, uh, I want to I want to get to a little bit of philosophy. So sure. you, you, Matt talked about you building building a team very quickly. Talk a little bit about how, about your strategy. How do you, how do you how do you build a team that quickly? What do you do? What are your, what are some of your strategies? Sure. Um, well, t- to begin this conversation, I had never coached women before. So so that that I knew that was going to be a challenge for me at first. Um, so I hired a great assistant coach, um, and she was a great balance to to my coaching philosophy as well. So. But and I'll I'll get to a story real quickly. I um so I, I brought in fourteen women and um I had I had very little chance to see them play um because I missed the like the recruiting window of of the high school season. So um so I brought them into preseason and and day two of preseason I had a six AM practice and I remember this vividly. It, it was dark out and I'm sitting on the back of my truck and I bring the girls in and I said, yesterday looked awful. This isn't going to go well. I'm, I'll be shocked if we score a goal. And, um, and I, think fr- I think from that point on, I, um, I don't know if this isn't a great philosophy, but I, I instilled a little bit of, of fire and a little bit of, okay, let's, let's, let's rally to get this done. And, and I think that um, I've been, again, let me just say, I've been blessed to, to study really under Matt's, under Matt's um, philosophy too and i and i share the same i share those same ideas um so to be honest with you my coaching philosophy is less about x's and o's and it's more about getting getting your team to buy in to what you're trying to do and and matt uses the word culture a lot and and i've started to begin to use that word more and more um and you know this year everyone wants numbers and everyone wants a bigger roster and and maybe it could have proved beneficial to me later on in the season um, but I think that, you know, I, I, I sort of flipped the, s- the script there and, and I said, okay, us 14, right? Like I'll, I wouldn't choose any other team. Right. And so, and f- to let them know that they're going to be playing 90 minutes a game and you got to find a way to dig deep and do your job. And it's just the 14 of us. It's a small team. So, so let's all come together. And they, they, I think they use that to an advantage and, and, um, and it worked out. So you you must have had some good coaches coming up because you don't just come by that philosophy naturally. It's a, I mean you got to you got to learn that from somebody. Was there somebody along the line that had had a philosophy that you kind of grasped onto? Like Matt's a good coach. He's got an established program. He's been around a while. Were there guys in your past or women in your past that were your coaches that you might have been grasping from high school, college, whatever it is? Yeah, certainly. I well, what I like about coaching is that you know you can you can pick and choose what you want. Um, your program to look like from from previous coaches and and then you can make your own right so um, so i 've done that and and 
like my and I've had coaches that have have had different philosophies and um my high school coach was super mental toughness all the time and and I've had I've had others that were sort of laissez-faire I, I I don't care what you do off you know off season. I I would just like you to come in and, and you know score a goal for me, right? So, um, and I've and I've combined what what I like from everyone and and including what what Matt's on. I have I haven't played under Matt, but I've I've it's like I've played under Matt, sure. right? Because because he he preaches about it all the time. So, um, so that's you know. Is your wife jealous because you're spending more time with Matt than her? Uh, that it's. It, it's getting to that point, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I've always said, and I've said it on this podcast a million times, that the best the best coaches are the best thieves. So anytime you're stealing the good stuff That's and throwing away the bad stuff, you 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 know you're doing the right thing. And I, it sounds like you're 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 getting it done. Um, so you're, you're next year. You're recruiting now. You got a full year to recruit. Um, you've built some confidence. Do you feel like? Next year, maybe is the goal to get to win a game in that uh, that that big tourney. Is it to win it? Is it, are you thinking that far ahead, or are you just trying to put the right pe- right pieces in, in well, order? Matt knows this about me. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty superstitious guy, so I I don't like to talk about <laughs> great the next game. But answer. no, but um, but in terms of my goals, and, and it's healthy to talk about goals. I'm 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 wanting to win a conference championship. Um, and, and the next goal, you're right, is, is to win a game at, at nationals. Um, and this season coming up, I've already got um, you know I've, I've already got the head start on the on the recruiting train. So um, unfortunately, I'm losing four pretty special players that that were that were really difference makers on my team um, in terms of leadership on and off the field. So um, they are irreplaceable. I mean, it's especially you know I you always remember your first team, so they're you know they were um they'll surely be missed but i think i think we'll be heading in the right direction in terms of the recruiting i've done so far so how heavily did you lean on those leaders i told them to begin the season i said this is my first season um as a head coach and 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 at the and for women obviously um so you know i was prepared to 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 learn um from them and 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 i told them point blank like this is your team and um and i put a lot of the ownership on them and they i told them they were the extension of the coaching staff their captains so they really embraced the role like i said i got i i inherited those four and and i was lucky to yeah no thanks to matt no thanks to matt (laughs) i don't know (laughs) so i i i can't um I can't stress enough because I, I, I coach boys and girls in, at the high school level, and uh, I, I've the the difference between coaching. How did you the get past the background check? Oh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, my brother's <laughs> fingerprints certainly didn't help. Um, so, so we uh, one of the best pieces of advice I ever got from from um, a coach, and she was the assistant varsity coach at Deering for a long time, Jen Allen. She said. Um, the difference between coaching boys and girls, if you get into one kid on your team trying to get them to, to get to the next level and you're calling them out in front of the team, the boys will generally just say, that's him, it's not me. If you do it to a, a, a female athlete and she doesn't like it, 
the entire team is coming at you, <laughs> and it's and it's that bond is so much tighter than it is with boys. It's harder to develop it with boys than it is with women because they 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 think more relationship and and team spirit and all that stuff. And all the teams I've been successful with with women have been a very cohesive group of girls. How cohesive was your group oh, last year? So, so cohesive and and. Like what you just said, everything you just said is so true. Yep. I mean, I, I, it's it takes an emotional intelligence to to coach women. I m- more so, I think, um, and it you know it's it's a more fundamental game, and there's less showboating. But and it's it's just it you're you're right. They they look for they look for relationships, and 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 I do too. And I'm and I I can't communicate with with everybody the same. So. Yep. So it's like I, I have to I have to learn the communication style for everybody and and that's and we did a lot of team bonding stuff preseason and um and I think that's super important to to um your success as a team. Yep. Were you able to team bond when you went down south at all, or was it just too quick? Like bang bang, you had to come home. It, it was um no it, we you know we we drove the minivans down so so there was a lot of team bonding <laughs> happening then. It's a twelve hour drive so yeah so cool. it was that was good. It was very fun. The van rides are the best. For team bonding, except it, if you're with John, of course. Except you're with John. I like my brother and I played college baseball together for two years, which was which was actually kind of fortunate. But but um, I you know I, I lived with my brother for two years in in uh, in college, and and I couldn't stand him. Really, we lived together. We we shared a bedroom in this tiny little house in Riverton, and uh, and I never hated him more than than I did when I was in college. <laughs> well, I coached with him for ten years, and he said the same thing about you. <laughs> but the bus rides were always the place where you you learn the most. I mean, you right. you you can't escape the smells and the mm. the vocabulary and the stories and the moods and the, all that stuff. So yeah, uh, I used to, I, I looking back now, you know that that was you know that's some of the best team bonding time that you can do so a lot of a lot of a lot of coaches will take kids away even though they know they're going to get destroyed they know that it's it's not about winning or, or losing it's you know it's about and you took the main girls academy softball team a long way we did yeah we had I, I got fortunate i was like i was i was like youth ethan i got i got a good group of girls but but it's and you know and i was all about relationship with that group of kids but they were easy i mean it was just a great group of kids so you're, you're fortunate to have that as your first experience. I am. I and, am. Uh, and I hope you build that. And it sounds like you've got the right ideas, that you've got the right, the right movement, and hopefully you're, you can build on that and you know, get your numbers up, get down there, and maybe we'll be uh, back here next year talking about a uh, – well, let's not talk about oh, that. We're okay. going to talk about <laughs> game one, right? Superstitious. Yeah. Superstitious guy over like here. That. So Sorry. if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swap over to, uh, to your, your boss, uh, Matt. You've been you've been at this game a long time. I've uh, yeah, I'm starting to starting to get some miles on the on the tires here. Where did you start? Where was your did you did you play sports as a, as a little kid? Did you yeah, play every sport I, you know what? I was really really fortunate that I was I had wonderful experiences growing up, um, and I appreciate them more now um, yep. than I did probably in the moment. But um, I played for a just an outstanding man. Not, I mean, great coach, but outstanding man, and yep. he's a guy that I, I communicate with regularly. Dan Costigan, uh, <laughs> you got lucky, man. <laughs> uh, he was, you know, for me at, at that time in my life in high school, like I needed that, and he was perfect. Um, so I played for, um, for Dan for for four years at Scarborough, and learned the value of you do this because it's the right thing. 
you know, and, 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 and he was just a great mentor and still is. I mean, I, I, you know, him and I went to the basketball hall of fame, the main state, uh, basketball hall of fame together. And yeah, I have him come to my practices and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a great relationship and one I cherish quite a bit. Um, so I played for him. Uh, I was very fortunate enough that we had a little bit of success there at Scarborough, and, and uh, I was able to parlay that, and I went off to Colby Story College. Uh, I was recruited by another mentor-like guy in John Lemieux, yep. um, and he's, he's a gentleman that uh, I learned a great deal about the mental side of life from. Sure. And, uh, you know, quick story on him. He's now an amputee. He yep. had cancer. That's right. I remember. Uh, uh, and just an amazing story of how he battles through life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's created this golf tournament, and it's just amazing. So uh, and he's involved in my program, too. I've, I've tapped these people a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I then I was fortunate enough to play basketball in college. Um, then I graduated. I got a job coaching high school basketball. Uh, middle school athletic site supervisor <laughs> ed tech like all of the you know just whatever to make a job work um for a little school district in new hampshire called kearsarge regional um, high school and i worked for a man named marty brown um and i learned from him the uh the intangibles of communication like he was by far the best communicator ever like it was amazing what he would do with parents with kids the school district you know, local community member is just awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, left there, uh, came back to Maine, uh, got a job uh, working at USM and coaching um, high school basketball at South Portland and coaching baseball over at Scarborough for a little bit. And I realized at that point, this is really what I wanted to do. Um, and I realized that you couldn't do it just with the degree I had. So um, I got really good advice from a lot of different people. And uh, I moved across country and took a grad assistantship at the University of Northern Colorado and uh, met some wonderful people there, got to experience kind of big-time athletics, yeah. you know, Division One school. Uh, we were very fortunate that at that time we were the, still the, the training site for the um, Denver Broncos in the summer. Oh, cool. So I got to be around pro athletics. Um, so that was a kind of a unique situation and was all set to kind of stay there, actually. And then... Um, I had some people back in Maine that were still, you know, looking out for me, and they told me about a job that opened up at UNE in the athletic office, uh, kind of a wear different hats kind of job, but it was uh, one that at least got me back to the state, so I took that, and I was... Oh, were uh, you single at the time? And, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, so you, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. It, when I went to grad school, I had said, look, I, you know, I got nothing tying me down, so, um, you know, I had said I'm not paying for grad school because I did take out loans to go to, to college. Uh, for my baccalaureate and I just said I'll go anywhere because I, I can do anything you know right. it doesn't matter where as long as I can get a grad assistantship to pay for it sure so I was I had interviewed at Northern Colorado and at Bowling Green um, and I did a phone interview with uh, Southwest Missouri State or something like that <laughs> um, but uh, Northern Colorado I had a couple connections like through people I knew that knew people out there and so um, but so I, I left Northern Colorado um, I was 24 Three, four years old, twenty-four. I think uh, got the job at uh, twenty-three. Got the job at um, at, at UNE and um, got to UNE. I was coaching their baseball team there. That they had they had a club baseball team at the time, mm-hmm. and I hooked on with the Biddeford staff for basketball. Um, and so I was kind of doing that dual role for a while, and um, and then the job at at the time Southern Maine Tech opened up, and um, applied, got it. A lot of people thought I was kind of odd to say, you're going from UNE to Southern Maine Tech. <laughs> Why? I don't know if that's a good move. And I just told people, I said, well, 
I see a ton of potential here. I think you could do something with this. And, um, you know, 16 years later, here I am. And some of those people call me like, oh, my God, you got a great job. And I was like, well, yeah, but I didn't have a great job 16 years ago. <laughs> you people said I was crazy. But um, but I was very fortunate. I, I came in at the right time, right place, right people were in administrative roles at the college and really embraced my vision, supported that. And uh, I think we've created something really unique in the small college setting, not only here in Maine, but in the region. Um, and I think it's a really unique place for kids um, to have a positive athletic experience yep. at a low cost um, and kind of find their way to direction of life, whatever that might be. So, One of the greatest things that the, the state has done is connected SMCC to the, to the university system. Uh, in that kids can go there for some of the majors and their first two years are, are the first two years of whatever four-year degree. How much has that impacted uh, it's, athletic It's certainly, decisions? you know, I, I can't speak for what it was like to recruit there and run an athletic program under the technical college system because yeah. um, I literally got the job and then three weeks later we changed our name to Southern Maine Community College. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I don't know that. But what I can tell you is um, the 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 governor at the time and the whole system was very wise in saying more Maine kids need to go to college and we need to make it affordable and um, accessible. And so they did that by creating the community college system. And then when they did that, they said, okay, now we need to leverage this and provide this as a stepping stone um, for students that um, aren't necessarily maybe in the technical professional fields, um, like some of our technical trade majors are, but create it as an opportunity to then get them to the next step. Yep. And, you know, the university system was one that stepped up first, um, wanted to create kind of as much of a seamless transition as you can make, and then many of the other private colleges jumped on board, and, I mean, SMCC's got something like, you know, 40 articulation agreements with different universities and colleges. So um, high, high schools now, high schools are offering dual enrollment. We, we have dual, uh, yeah. it's actually called concurrent enrollment. So yep. you can, um, you can be taking classes at your high school um, through SMCC right. and you get college credit. Wow. Um, and That's so you can graduate and have six to nine credits of credit at Southern Maine community college with equivalency with a GPA and now you're off and running so yeah. uh, the system office has done a really great job yeah and it's and the, the, you hit on a key point there and I, I, I teach at Deering right now at least for another couple of weeks and uh, the biggest uh, concern for most of those seniors is the cost right I mean you, the kids are getting packages that are like yeah they gave me $30,000 and I'm like yeah but it costs 70 to go there yeah right. you know it's interesting like it, and, and I had a great experience, and, and I, I went to uh, Colby Sawyer College, um, was an athlete, got to study sports management. Like I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, however, in 1991, if the community college system was set up in a place like it is now, I would have gone there. I say, I say that all the time. You know, and it just it wasn't an option back yep. then, and, that, nope. and it is what it is. That's fine. But, um, you know, one of the things people often ask me, like, oh, okay, are you ready to move on? And... A lot of times I say no because I'm doing something I believe in. Like I believe in creating an affordable college experience and on the athletic side um, now giving you an experience that you'd get at anywhere, at anywhere else. Um, and yet it's the lowest tuition in New England. It's the lowest sure. cost of attendance yeah. in New England. And, and the single most beautiful campus spot you could possibly it's not a bad site to look at yeah it's unbelievable it's, it's, it is a it's pretty good it's a postcard yeah. seriously oh it's beautiful yeah. yeah so uh so you 
did you start coaching the basketball team right off the bat? When I, your yeah, team? When, yeah. So when I was hired, it was um, it was posted as the director of athletics. Yeah. And you were to coach a sport at the college. Um, and that was part of the position. Um, so when I came in, you know, kind of basketball was my passion. And that's, you know, I had obviously coaching experience in baseball, but felt like that was where I saw myself as the greatest fit. Um, so right off the bat, yeah, been there straight through. And a lot of, a lot of D3 colleges, like a good friend of mine is the Bowdoin baseball coach. When he started there, they made him coach two sports, and he was doing, like, tickets or something. Like yeah. that. When he first got the job, he's 20. 25 26 years old but he was he ended up being the assistant girl women's volleyball coach he's like yeah you see Timmy, i don't know anything about volleyball <laughs> you know right. and he had never coached women before but he's like you know if i'm going to coach baseball here i got to do this so yep. it's, it's very common to have two jobs i mean now you've got like seven yeah no <laughs> there's there's no shortage of job titles for me at the college at this point but but uh, all right so you you get the you get the basketball job had, had you at this point coached Anything uh, in high school, a varsity basketball program? Yeah, I mean, up to this point. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I obviously had those years at Biddeford High School. Had the year at South Portland as an assistant. Right. Uh, was at Kearsarge. Um, my GA position at Northern Colorado was um, really in the athletic office, but I had, you know, the I had talked to the basketball staff and kind of pseudo volunteer you know like yeah. okay your yeah. ga positions reporting to this person but home game days we want you here and so i kind of got to dabble in that a little bit so yeah i'd had some uh i'd had some coaching experience um certainly not head job at the college level yeah. um but i think it was you know in the process of just selling what i envisioned the athletic program at the college could be and and so you know both mirrored itself and and um and you felt confident i mean you were you were going in there with full confidence that you could do the job yeah i yeah. you know and i kind of felt like this uh, this would be a good fit for me too you yeah. know professionally yep. like you know getting into the college ranks this is probably where you know i could get my start and, and kind of go from there so yeah so you, your first year what, what did that look like oh uh, first year <laughs> wow i love the first year conversation yeah so i i can't <laughs> say Ethan, that you got lucky yeah I did. Ethan has no idea <laughs> how lucky he was here. i did not uh i did not get that kind of team um really the, the program was a it, it needed some work um yeah. i had a little bit more rebuilding um I was I was fortunate that the group of gentlemen that I inherited um, bought into what I was selling. Yeah, uh, and I was and 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 it was a diverse group. I mean, I had uh, I had a gentleman, Jeremy Bennett, who was only two years younger than me at the time. Right. You right. know, he was a military guy. Did that scene? Came back. Um, I had twelve guys. Um, I, I don't. We, we went sixteen and nine. And made it all the way to the conference finals. And there were times that I often wondered, could we walk and chew gum at the same time without screwing it up? <laughs> I, I, so, here, a funny story. First year, um, wasn't I was not able to play my, t- my starting guards. And I'll just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> so, we're playing a game. And we have 22 turnovers at halftime. Can I stop you for a second? Yes. Did you also have to penalize those two guards as the AD? <laughs> Did you both have to penalize them? As it's, coach it's, it's all the same. <laughs> there was one in the same. What a I, terrible job. Yeah, I, I just will say they weren't oh, available for okay, the game. Yeah, okay, oh. gotcha. So we're playing a game, and we have 22 turnovers at halftime. 
can't get any worse. I'm yeah. like, all right. Sure. So I told my starting center at, the, at halftime. I said, all right, look, guys. You know, we're down, whatever. So well, this is what we're going to do. They're pressing us because they know they can. So here's what we do. My backup point guard who probably had half of those 22 turnovers himself <laughs> at halftime. I said, all right, you're going to take the ball out of bounds. And everyone's looking at me funny. And I said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to set a staggered screen for our center, who this kid, Matt Ouellette, loved him, was like six foot two on a good day. Wow. Okay, As yeah. Like, oh, yeah, playing completely undersized. Uh, wow. I said, here's what we're going to do. Because you got the big six five kid guarding you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to double stagger screen for you. You're going to get the ball. We're going to clear everybody out, okay? And, uh, and I literally say clear everybody out. I don't want any of you four of the guys <laughs> you guys on that end on the of the baseline. Court. Get all the way down the other end. <laughs> I then said, all right, do you ever remember, do you watch the Celtics back in the glory days? Oh, yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. I said, Dennis Johnson. That's he great. said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, all right, I want you to do that. I want you to, when you catch the ball, turn your back to the guy and I want you to dribble backwards, and I just want you to I, I take all 9.5 seconds to get the ball over half court and then pass it to the point guard and then go back in the post. Because if not, we would have just turned it over sure another 22 would've. times. Yeah. Yeah. So, so now what's happened is he's now got A-S-S dot again in his name. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it's yeah. like the second time he's brought it up. Yeah, so I just, you know, so that first-year team, God bless them, man. We would grind out games. I, I mean, it just... Yeah, how we won sixteen games is remarkable um, with that group of guys. God love them. Uh, Good assistant coaches, right? They, 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 you know, there's some special guys in that group that I keep in touch with and stuff too. So, um, but no, I didn't. I didn't quite inherit a team that could win and go to nationals. But <laughs> so over time, we built it up, and yeah. And, yeah. and we've had some success. So, so did you get? Thinking. Did you get some of those guys to show up the next year? To, yeah, to you know, it was it was interesting because. You know, you inherit a lot of those guys, right? And and of that group, I think I, re- I was able to recruit, like, two kids. Yeah. Um, so I got, uh, of that 12, um, four came back. Yeah. Um, and they were set to come back. Like, the, the other guys were ones I inherited. Um, and then they came back, and they were kind of my building blocks for the next season. Um, and I had worked tirelessly recruiting high school kids um, to come in. Then we had a roster of about 15 guys. And yeah. that kind of led to the next year, you know, kind of. You know, winning a little bit more successfully and, and looking a little bit more like a college basketball yeah, team, yeah. and um, and then from there you just you built it up. You know, you just you now, is the recruiting t- today the same as it was fifteen, sixteen oh, years no, ago? No, totally different. Totally different. Totally different. Those first year, and and you know, I at least had um, a good kind of connection base in Maine as as a former player and then a former high school coach, right. yeah. and knew a bunch of people in New Hampshire from that one year I was there. So. You know, some people were generally happy for me, and, and but I would get a lot of phone calls, and they'd say, oh, I got this great kid for you. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, well, you know, what's his name? And doesn't even play for him. Like, he's like the last guy on the bench. And I was like, gee, thanks. Thanks. Um, I love him. He's a good kid. All right, great. Love to have good kids in the program. So, um, you know, it was hard those first couple years. You know, it's funny. I, I have coaches now that I hire, and I laugh when they talk to me about recruiting because I'm like, you should have been here in the early days. But um, there was a... Um, I'm a Maine guy, and so I love Maine. Uh, I don't love winter, and we talked about that, but uh, <laughs> but I, I do love the state. Back up. And 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 one of the things maybe we'll talk about that in a second. Min- minus three months. Yeah. Loves me. yeah. Um, one of the things in Maine, I think, change is hard. I think Mainers are are, yeah. are hugely loyal, and and they love tradition. It's a basketball state, you know. But it's it's hard to sometimes change and right. and, and evolve. 
And so I think in the early years, I was fighting on the basketball side. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the old SMVTI, right? Yeah, yeah, that's where I coach, yeah. Yeah, do you guys still have, like, the like the 35-year-old plumbers that come back and just play <laughs> basketball? I said, well, that's still possible, but no, not really. I mean, we're really trying to offer a collegiate, intercollegiate athletic experience, and we're, we're you know, we want good players. Right. And so, so I had to, I those early years, I had to fight the stigma or the stereotype until you can start winning some people over. Um you know, now I now when I go into gyms and I and I talk to coaches and I talk to kids and I talk to families, I'm not having those same conversations. You know, it's a lot of the conversations are, you know, am I good enough to play at that level or, you know, if I if I utilize a year or two there to um, experience college and get my feet wet. What does that mean for my eligibility if I transfer out? You know, th- those conversations, those weren't happening those first couple of years. I was right. trying to convince people we were a real athletic program. Yep. We were a real college. We played real teams. Um, and now it's not. Now, you know, people will say to me, oh, my God, yeah, I heard you guys won the conference championship, went to nationals a couple of years ago. Or, yeah. yeah, hey, that kid's now playing professionally. Wow, that's amazing. You know, so it's... So how do you keep that cohesiveness? If you have players that play for one or two years with you, you're trying to ha- build a program, you know, how does that work on your end? It's, it's the uniqueness of who we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that are, that are four-year, you know, at four-year colleges, sure. Division three, NAIA, Division twos, and all that stuff. It's just, it's just different, you know. Yeah. I, I, you know, we have some unique majors, um, fire science, paramedicine, any of our health sciences, cardiovascular tech, nursing. Uh, we have some professional trade majors like architectural engineering, electrical engineering. It's a two-year college, and that, that's what the degree says. It's it's a it's an associate's degree, um, but some of those majors are the the terminal degree in the field, and so those kids sometimes stay for three years. Yep. Um, and so you're blending in the kids that are that you recruit that want the athletic experience with a major that they plan on going right into the field with. And you're blending those with the guys and gals that um, are coming in that want to utilize this as a platform to then move on to the next stage. Um, and we've had both. And so it's, it's blending the two in. Uh, you know, uh, this year I'm going to graduate seven or eight guys. Well, I got to bring in a big class next year, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the previous year I didn't. I, I needed to only bring in maybe five or six. So... Um, so do you have a recruiting budget that you allow? And did you do? You, how, how do you recruit? Uh, do you go to high school games and watch watch kids play? I do. How so do you, I, yeah. so my recruiting's changed over the years too. I mean, at, my longevity has allowed me, my connections and, and relationships that I've created um, to get inquiries that people send me, and then it's call the kids and invite them on for college campuses and have them come do a workout yep. and that some of stuff. Yep. So. Um, but no, like last week I was down in, uh, I went to the Portland Expo for a day. I went to North Andover High School in Massachusetts for the Commonwealth Motors Tournament. The next day I drove back to uh, the Lowell Catholic Tournament and I'm going to watch kids. I'm trying to find skill sets that I, that I think are going to be applicable to us. Uh, I talk to coaches about uh, kids' character, kids' backgrounds. Grade point averages. GPAs. Yeah. You know, find out, uh, you know, are they applicable to us, you know, uh, Sometimes I don't recruit a kid who's super talented, but they're not going to kind of fit into the yep. the mission or, or what I envision I want kids to uh, emulate for our program. So, you know, it's it's the same thing that a lot of the Division three guys go through. Yep. Um, you're not looking for the five best athletes to just put it on the court. You're trying to find a mix 
How, how, talk about so, that. So, you know, bit. for example, I, I listened to your show and you guys talked to Danny, uh, Danny LeGage. You yeah. know, good guy, played yep. against him in high school, doing a super job as a high school coach. You know, that's a great relationship that I had over the years. And he called me and said, I have this kid for you. Uh, and his name's Anderson Cavutse. <laughs> and, you know, Anderson, from a skill standpoint, coming out of high school, wasn't ready. But he had the right attitude and was a quality character person. And so when we sat down, that's, that's what it intrigued me to him. And I said, Anderson, are you willing to buy on, like, are you willing to do what's necessary to be a college basketball player? Because if you are, I'll give you those opportunities here. And right now, he's our starting center. Averages about 10 points a game. He's the glue of our team. Um, that's all because of the relationship, one, with Danny. But two, um, it was a fit personality-wise. He was humble, hungry, and wanted to be part of something bigger than himself. So that's a good fit for our program. Yep. You know, We don't always get you know the... Gatorade Player of the Year, right? We don't always get, you know, the main Sunday Telegrams, top five basketball players in the state. We love to, and we'll certainly talk to those kids, but I sometimes have to find the kids that maybe are missing one piece or are maybe underutilized or maybe haven't reached their full potential and get them to buy into the program um, and then mix all those guys together. How, how important is it... Um I ask this of all the college coaches. How important is it to you as a college recruiter to look at the, the high school coach and know how those kids have been coached? So if you know you have a schlub that's just kind of getting a paycheck and mailing it in, yeah, and you get a kid that's of equal talent and you know they've been coached by Danny Legage. Yeah, instance, so how important is that to your decision-making? Let me start the, the answer with this. I, I believe right now the most difficult job is being a high school coach of a sport. I really think the atmosphere and the environment makes that very, very, very challenging. Um, and I say that because I was once one, and I look back now and I and I look at what's happening now in terms of parental involvement, and not on a good way. Like there's right. some parents that are great and they're involved in the right reasons, but unfortunately those are the minority. So you have you have that. Uh, you have the influx of kids who are now being, you know, they got the chirpers in their sure ears. Sure, they do. You yep. know, from the AU, just or just any any off season yep. program where you pay to participate <laughs> to then hear what you want to hear. Right. And 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 not that it's all bad. There's some great guys yep. and, and and great women out there running those programs and doing stuff, but there are also some some not so good ones, and right. and they get in the ears, right? Um, I think, unfortunately, you have a uh, you have you have a lack of support um, within the school districts um, administratively, and I don't necessarily think it's meant to happen that way. But I you, you don't have the necessary administrative support, whether that's the athletic director to the principal to the superintendent to the school board, sure. yep. um, that creates an environment for coaches to coach. I look back to my days, like when I had Danny Costigan at, 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 at Scarborough, and just think back, like I was so fortunate that I had someone that was willing to hold me accountable, was going to call me out when I didn't do it, but treat me with respect at the same time. Yep. And that's all lost now. And so, so to, go, to answer your question, there aren't a lot of coaches out there that fit that model anymore. And so it's about relationships, and it's trying to create good ones with, with the guys that, and, and the women out there that, that do great jobs with their programs and, and whatnot. But the turnover is huge. 
Right. It's massive, yeah. yeah you, it's massive. You, you hit it right on the head, and, and I know you're you're fully immersed in this, but you you hit it spot on. I think basketball is one of the worst because the parents get to sit right on top of you at these high school games, and we are a basket. Glenn said it. We're a basketball state. I mean, regardless of what anybody says, it is the biggest thing that Absolutely. happens every single year Absolutely. because a it's the winter time. So what else are you going to do? Right. Right. And b it, the electricity in those gyms. Oh, yeah. On any given Friday, even a Tuesday night for some yeah. of the, the the boys' games, is is it's magnetic, right? Yeah, the, I mean, it, the, it draws the, people. The to best it. high school coaching job. My cousin is the smartest man I know. He's a he's a track and field coach. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. He, he's the smartest guy in the world. I, I go to Christmas and I'm like, dude, right. <laughs> you, you're brilliant. Like Jerry Myatt and Frank Myatt, I work with them very closely every Unbelievable, day. Unbelievable, right? They, they yeah. say they're two of the greatest guys you, you'll ever meet, but they always say. Nobody gets cut from my sport. And There's my, no cuts. My sport. Everybody participates on game yes, day. Right. And just oh, yeah. do whatever you do and just go do it. Yep. And, and, and I might the, ask you to do something different. The time's going <laughs> to tell you whatever you want it to hear. And the distance is going to tell you whatever you want it to hear. And there you go. Just like, do better than you did the last time. Don't right, worry yeah. about winning. Just do a PR. But you're right. spot on with that. Well, so, if you're in baseball, you're in the dugout. It's all echoing. Everyone can hear you. Yeah. Basketball, you can't even breathe. They all know what you're doing. They're all right on top. Yeah. You know, football, you get a little bit away. Soccer, a little bit. But yeah. like Rob Hale, think about him. Yeah, really. I know. I know. He's got, he recruits every kid that's there. He wins <laughs> states every year by half a point. He just does an awesome <laughs> job. It's great. Not to, I mean, you know. It's yeah. fully entertaining. So I, uh, I only asked that question because I know... I know I've had uh, I had a lot of dealings with Jared Lemieux, who's a baseball coach yeah. at, at yep. uh, SMCC, because I had a lot of kids. My first uh, couple of years at, at Deering, we were rebuilding. We basically had a JV team as a as a varsity team, and so I called them. I was like, "You've got to come see these kids play because a lot of these kids are they're not the best students in the world, but they're decent students. They're not going to get into their you know their number one and number two reach mm-hmm. schools." Yep. And I know their financial situation, and it's I'm pushing them towards Jared because I knew Jared was a good coach. You know, he, he played for us for one year um, while I was there, and I knew he, what type of coach he was. That they're going to get good coaching, that they're going to be disciplined, and all that stuff. And I was like, these kids match your personality, and I did that like just to say, talk to this kid, this kid, and this kid. Yeah. And two of them went, and then you know we had a kid from Westbrook who. I mean, could you have asked for anything better than Anthony Delfonso? No, I mean, Anthony. There's, there's your model. Yeah, when we, when we talk about, you know, kids that we're trying to, you know, emulate the program around or, or the stories that we want our program to, to emulate, yep. you know, Anthony's a perfect example. You know, here's a kid, uh, unbelievable kid. First off, character, unbelievable. Yep. Like, I was, uh, I would, at that time, I, I, my wife and I were having kids, and so they were little and they were running around, and. You know, I'd bring them to events, and Anthony would just scoop them up and yeah. throw them on his shoulder, yeah. and you know all that good stuff, right? So, you know, quality, quality kid, uh, an unbelievable talent on yep. the baseball field. Yep. Like, holy smokes, that boy could just yeah. hit he'd the mash. mile. Yeah. yeah, I mean, mash that ball a mile. And whatever you ask him to do, he'd do it. Yeah, yeah. whatever you do, good fit. And then, you know, he—I I don't want to say he struggled academically coming out of high school, but he just didn't have it all together. Right. You know, it was like, yeah, I can get by. But I could be better, too. And so the two years with us was perfect. Like, yep. figured it out, learned how to be a better student, um, and did so at a cost that, you know, didn't break the bank. And then he goes to USM and is, you know, two-time regional, NCAA, all-conference, all-American, right. plays eight years professional baseball. Right. You know, he's inducted in our Hall of Fame right now. Like, yeah, I mean, that those are the kind of stories that you want to have. And, and you, uh, like, not to sell yourself 
short here, but um, you mentioned a little bit. You've had a couple of kids that have gone on to play play at the next level. Uh, how, yeah. how many kids have you had go to the, so, to the professional level? Professionally, I actually, right now, I have three kids. We were just talking about this earlier. I have three kids that are currently playing professional basketball. It's wow. amazing to me when I think about it. That's amazing. Um, so, hey, Jose Nushantavong was a, a local kid from Westbrook. Great kid. Completely under-recruited. Yeah. Uh, he played on a great high school team. How many years ago was this? This Ooh. is uh, probably... Two, he was on the 2012? Uh, no. No, he played for me in 12, so... So he 10? was 10. Yeah, he was yeah. 10. 2010. 2010 at yeah. Westbrook. 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 Yeah, great team. I mean, he was definitely the third slash fourth option. Yeah, yeah they were stacked. They were stacked. Yeah. I saw something in him that was really unique, and I was like, dude, I want you to come play for me. Like, yeah. you know, let's make this work. And uh, he came and had a just a remarkable career for me. Great. Um, then he went over to USM. Um, was like runner-up for player of the year in the Little East. <laughs> like, just tore it up for USM. was awesome. Um and then, like, kind of floundered for a year or two and was kind of looking for his way, but then stuck with it. He signed with a league in Thailand, um, wow. and now he's playing in um, Bangkok. Um, so he's, now he's got, like, almost three years of professional basketball under his belt. Stay in touch with him? I do, yeah. yeah. I, I talk with him. Uh, we have to do it a lot on Instant Messenger on Facebook because... Yeah. Just the time difference, and you know, getting him to talk on on the phone is kind of hard. But he's um, not a talker anyway. Yeah, he's <laughs> not much. So, um, and then I had a, a young man that I recruited internationally named Vile Vodanuri. Um That's really it, good. You geez. could not. Could you? Could you say it, that? It, name by the way, it, it took me a while to say his name, and I, every day no. in practice, I'd say, "All right, Vile." Let's let's do your last name again, right? And I, so it was kind of like a running joke, right? VV um, for two, VV yeah. for two. <laughs> yeah, we we'd go on the road, and oh my god, his name get butchered. Just, oh, yeah, uh, and they, they yeah. So, um, but so Vile came and played for me for a year, and then he got both an athletic and an academic scholarship um, to go down to Bluefield, which is down in Virginia, an NAI school. Um, and he did that, and then he went back to Finland, and he's playing professionally over there now. Wow. Um, that's right. And then uh, a kid that uh, came to me several years back um, was a classic kid from New York, uh, struggled, didn't have a lot of resources. His high school coach knew someone that knew me. They called me. They came up. We found, you know, it just kind of worked out. Uh, Taheem Simon and Taheem played for me and then parlayed that over to Thomas College. Had a great two-year run with them. Um, and then he just signed uh, a contract just this past weekend in uh, in Armenia. Wow, which wow. will be interesting to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean to think that uh, in 16 years at you know just Southern Maine Community College right. over the bridge in South right. Portland right. that we have three kids playing professional basketball uh, is kind of amazing. In 2001, would SMTC or SMGTI <laughs> yeah, have yeah. thought of that? That possible? <laughs> it's not. Well, it's a, it's a big it's a testament to your you know your efforts over there and the fact that they've been able to retain you for for 16 years has to have a massive impact on both the improvement of the the, the facilities. I know they put a lot of money into that that, that school right? it's consistency and yeah. philosophy and yeah. getting guys like Ethan to 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 buy in and to stay even though you're trying to push him out the door. <laughs> I just try to warn him for what he's getting himself into. <laughs> but I mean, no, it, I mean you know. Uh, a lot of times, and, and, and I've, I've, Ethan and I have sat down and chatted about this a lot, you know, and, and, and I think in the world of sports or in athletics, um, too many people view the grass as greener on the other side, right? right. And, and, and you see it all the time in professional sports sure you and, yeah. you know, colleges, whatever. Um, I was very fortunate early on in my career that I had those experiences of, like, going to University of Northern Colorado and, yeah. and whatnot. So 
I don't necessarily have that philosophy. The grass is greener on the other side. Like I kind of appreciate what we have, and maybe if we're lacking something, then it's my job to advocate and maybe create that. Right. So, um, you know, consistency is key. Uh, the other piece that, that, and this is what Ethan and I talk about, like it, a lot of it's timing. You know, like I got to SMCC at the time when it was perfect. Right. Right. Like I had a good administration um, that hired me and that supported me. And then they allowed me to try to implement the position and implement the program. And then over time, they've supported it. You know, right, the, right. You know the fact that I've got a, a full-time assistant AD that coaches our women's soccer team. You know, if you had told me that back in 2003, I'd have been like, oh, my God, that'd be amazing. Holy cow. Like, right. never happened, right? But, right. Um, you know, you just built it up over time. And it was a situation where it started out as a part-time position. Yep. Um, it started out as you know, 20 hours a week and then let's get him to coach and, and, you know, had some wonderful people in those positions and, you know, they, everyone's done a good job and the administration's supported it. And then, you know, Ethan's kind of come in and been like a teammate to like, let's, let's elevate this even higher. Um, and some of the stuff that he's done that allows me to then focus on some different things. And, um, are you getting pulled away more from basketball in your AD role, or is it kind of? I mean, you have to find a balance, but how, how do you balance that? I mean, you've got AD. There's so many things you got to deal with. Yeah. So I answer that question with um, coffee. Coffee's <laughs> really good. Okay. And you know, talk to your wife like five days of. He's also got a wife too. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. I, I will. I will say this. Yeah. Give her a shout out. Yeah. So this only works. The boss. Um, this, we love you, Maureen. Yeah. This only works because I am married to like the most outstanding woman ever, and I have two kids that um, embrace the lifestyle. And they do. That's great. So here's a great phrase, and um, I, I love to steal phrases from people because I, I, you know, I just think they're so good, but. Um, I, often, I I was at a um, I was at a like a Hall of Fame induction ceremony, sure. and this coach said it. And ever since then, I've always embraced it. Coaching is not a profession; it's a lifestyle. And if you're going to do it as long as I have and others, um, that's what it is. Right. And I have a family: my wife Maureen yep. and my two daughters Allie and Emily, that embrace the lifestyle. And that's the only way it works. Because if not, right. then it doesn't work because you're you're gone on the road. You're pulled right. on weekends and nights, and yep. you know you miss some games, even though you try not to. And you know it's seven days a week, and you know it's just it's it's a grind. And unless it's a lifestyle that you embrace and your family embraces, oh, uh, it, it doesn't work. Is but, your is your do your daughters play basketball? Um, um, yep, my daughters are junkies. They um, are good. Yep. Yeah. So how do you balance that? I mean, you, you you know you obviously have done this for a long time. You're a coach, you're running a very successful program, and then you go in the gym and sit there, and then you're watching whoever's coaching them, and you have to watch them play. How do you deal with that? Because you see both sides. Yeah, I just I go to a gym and I'm dead. Yep. You know, I, I you know I did some of the youth coaching early because obviously they're just dying for anybody that, that can do <laughs> right, it, right? You right. know, but, volunteer free. But yeah, right yeah. now, like, yeah, I'm just dad. Like, I literally took my daughters out to lunch the other day, and I said, you know, we were talking about their experiences right now. I've got a, I've got a freshman over at South Portland High School, um, and I have a um, my youngest Emily's uh, middle schooler at, at Mahoney, and they asked me a basketball question. I said, 
How do you want me? Let's answer that as a coach because I'm not because uh, Dad has a different like, right, right. You know, like Dad yeah. doesn't care. Like, did you have fun yesterday? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Good. That's all I care about. Right. Right. You know, but they were asking like a very basketball specific, and I said, okay, let's make sure we separate this. I'll give you the perspective from a coach, <laughs> but then I'm going to end it with Dad thinks it's cool anyway, so just do whatever you want. And so, you know, you you know, you have to balance that, and and uh, but both my daughters have had good experiences in that. They've had people um, involved in their lives that coach that that you know have done a good job. Like they just yeah. they're, they're good people. And Ethan, are you listening to this? Because when you have kids, taking notes, he's actually got right. a pen in his hand right now. And he's yeah, look at that. He's writing. This is pretty heavy stuff here. Yeah. No, I mean it's it's you know I mean I purposely just kind of sit off to the side and just enjoy the yeah. moment for what yeah. it, I know it's going quick and so yeah. Yeah. you know you just want to be dad. Yeah. So, now. Uh, the high school game and the college game are obviously different. When I started working with you guys, and I really appreciate the opportunity, you hired me to call your games and everything. I mean, it was a lot faster. The, high, the college games are much faster. But, like, in high school, you know, they don't have – it's not the same. You know what I mean? I know it's a little bit slower and that kind of stuff. But, you know, they don't, they don't do the shot clocks. They don't do some of the stuff that you do at the college level. What do you think Maine needs to do, or do they need to do anything to get more emulated to the college level? Not just for your program, for, for all programs. Well, I, I mean, I'll speak on the basketball side, and then I'll let Ethan talk about soccer because I think they, they they could be very different. I, I mean, I think Maine is a is a is a very rich in tradition in basketball, obviously, and um, and I've been critical of this, uh, and I've kind of got myself a little bit in trouble recently. Um, you know, I've had some of the administrators of high school basketball come and see me in my office about right. my opinions, and and you know, I. I they're they're genuine. Um, they are that I hope that we can improve. I I, I do think that as a state um, and how we administer the game of basketball, um, we are a little bit archaic in in some of our philosophy from how we administer the game from an officiating standpoint. Not that those people are doing bad jobs. I I, I, I there there are many individuals that officiate that take their craft seriously. Um, or are professional in the manner that they do that. So yeah. I, that's not a cut on any of them. Right. Um, but I, I think in how we administer the game as it's officiated it needs to change. Um, and, and that's not happening. Um, I think how we offer the game to the public needs to change. Uh, Maine made a, in my opinion, a very short-sighted um, response and, and change in terms of exhibition games right like there was that whole that was terrible you know you've you've lost some identity of what Maine basketball could be and and i remember growing up and i remember the the portland expo tournament the being christmas tournament was that was just such a dynamic atmosphere yeah. and and i played in one of those that it was amazing and that's lost now and mm-hmm. and when i go recruiting and i go into other states and i see what they can do it's that's yeah. That's awesome, and um, you know I think obviously people. I, I'm I've been a huge advocate of the shot clock. I understand that there are purists that aren't, and and that's philosophical. Um, that would be an area that I think at some point there should be some really open forum discussions on. Is that good for the game of basketball uh, in the state? And and people can debate it and then go from there. Um, but I, I do think we need to change, and I and I think um, we haven't. You know, we've been very stuck in just. This is how we've either done it or this is how it's been done, and I don't think that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think there there is not enough input from um, newer administrators, newer coaches um, to get fresh perspective. I think it's just uh, kind of the the how how we've always done it approach, and uh, we the state has not grown 
in its offering of that because of those factors. Now, you know, I'll certainly turn the mic over to, to Ethan, who's got a much better feel on soccer, um, because I can't really speak to maybe what we should or shouldn't do at the high school levels in terms of that offering. Well, but yeah, I mean, one of my one of my questions to Ethan is is, and I forgot to ask you this earlier, is that we've had a, a massive influx of international uh, kids that play soccer nonstop, boys, girls, you name it. Um, they love soccer. They it's like one of the biggest sports. You get all the premier sports and all the you know all of those leagues that are coming up. Um, coming up through, do, I, I actually want to, before you go to the high school thing, I know you want to answer Glenn's question. Can you, in that question uh, and the answer, include your opinion of the privatized sports and its effect on college college soccer as you know it? Sure. I, you know, I, I don't know that there's a ton of... Um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a ton of opportunity for high school collegiate soccer players to stay in Maine. I, I think that I think that there needs just needs to be more opportunity there. Um, I know that there's some up and coming clubs that you know that that do a good job um, of trying to get their players to, to the next level, and, and I know that that's the mission of a lot of high school coaches. Um, but you know, there's just less opportunities, and a lot and a lot um, of Maine talent is, is leaving Maine. Um, so, I, so I guess that's my answer for now. I'm not, you know, I, I don't, I haven't developed the relationships that Matt has in Maine yet. Um, so, yeah, you know, so I, I, I am going to chime back in on this one. <laughs> I knew okay. you would. All right. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. I, I, here's my struggle with all of this. I grew up in a time when your high school coach was very highly regarded as a mentor. And, and again, I go back to my relationship with Dan Koskin. It was awesome. I, he was such what I needed at that time in my life as a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid. Okay? And thank God I got to play for him at that time because what I learned to become as a person but also like i learned the skill how to really work hard as a basketball player too because i was not like trust me i was not the most gifted high school basketball player like you know i had to grind it and and i used that skill to move on so you were a scrapper you were you were you weren't a well, scorer yeah, yeah i mean i just uh, you know i was a late bloomer you know i yeah. mean I, I was one of those kids that didn't figure it out you know right off i wasn't like in middle school like i was the last guy on the bench in middle school you know and the fact that i played college basketball is kind of like wow what the hell happened there but yeah. um but you know i because I, I embraced that role and then i embraced it because i was given opportunities and what what dan Koskin created was opportunities like a bit you know time to to do that stuff so brings me to my point you know all of this off-season stuff Again, the people there are good. You know, that's fine, whatever. But I, I find it interesting that the governing body for the state of interscholastic athletics in the state of Maine says you need to be qualified to coach our kids, and they should be. And 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 I you know, and I think we would all agree that you know we want the best people. But we're going to limit fully the amount of time that you can really have with them. <laughs> So then what we're saying is you better be qualified and we're going to give these qualifications in these five, six areas and you've got to have the certification and fingerprinted and all, you know, all, all that good stuff. 
but then we don't want you to work with the kids. Right. We don't want you to get the blue water experience that yeah, you need d- to. Don't, don't work with the kids often. Like, here is your set time and just do it then. So what you've done is you've created the reason why the off-season experiences are now the norm because you, you've created that model. And you can't coach them as the coach. No, you it was amazing. somebody else coach them. I remember when I was coaching in New Hampshire. So, for example, in New Hampshire, the rule was kids in your district could utilize your facilities. And if you were a coach in that district, you could have, I think it was like 25% of the roster could be kids in your district. So at least they acknowledge that. But, like, you know, I, I can remember... I. I being in, in coaching high school when I got back from Colorado, it would be like, oh, quick, you've got to leave the gym because there was a couple of basketball kids coming into the gym. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I can't not, even be in the... That's what it is now. Right. So, yeah. right. so because you, you have created such this environment, and I, I even think it happens in soccer, you know, where these coaches who are, by the way, the most qualified to coach our youth, our kids. Right. We don't want you t- being near them, seeing them, opening gyms up, having fitness centers open, instructing. We don't want any of that to happen. And it's justified because, well, we want no specialization and we want this, that, and the other thing. But you've just given the impetus of why Sally is going to pay $1,000 for her kid to go play basketball or go play premier soccer by people who don't have those qualifications. Right. And then it, it, is, it is the most amazing thing to me that I've ever seen. And, and my argument has always been since I started, that since they put that rule in, is I could coach three sports if I want to. I could coach three female sports if I wanted to, three male sports if I wanted to, and it could be the same group of kids, and that's fully legal. So if I coach soccer in the, in the, in the fall, I could coach the same group of kids in basketball in the winter, and the same group of kids, you know... E- you could be coaching the same kids in a different sport. So the, I get the rule that you don't want to specify a sport, but I, guess what? Kids are doing that right now. And there's a lot of girls that all they do, they're unbelievable athletes, but all they do is play basketball year-round. And so they're playing for that same coach for nine months of the year and you for three months of the year. So that other coach, and, and can by do the it way, the, the coach that you get to be with for three months is the most, in a lot of ways, as defined by the administration of interscholastic athletics, the most qualified person. Right, and and also, and they have the least amount of time. It's also the coach that the colleges are going to talk to about <laughs> that kid. So it's yeah, exactly. it's, it's so you're just like, it's 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 an asinine rule to to you yeah. know let the kids vote with their feet and and let the coaches do what they do best and what they love to do. You want the most passionate guys. You don't want the money grabbers with their hands around these kids. And it's, in my opinion, now that I'm leaving teaching, I can say that the the MPA has got a lot of work to do. First of all, this is my personal belief. We need to get away from the MPA and let the athletic directors do their job. Let them decide what what is good for kids and what's bad for kids because they're with the kids every single day and they know what's going on. But that's, that's my own opinion thrown into this. But... Um, we are running out of time. Uh, do you want to crap on John anymore? He's not here, right? I know. I, I uh, feel bad. 
I don't, no, you I'm shouldn't John, feel bad. You, did you, you, you get his credit card before he left to go oh on his business God, trip? We should have done that yesterday. We should have got his, his credit card. Well, couldn't credit you just card. say that he's paying for everything? We could just put it on his tab. Yeah. Nah, he's like Norm. <laughs> he, he already has a tab. tab. He's yeah, like right? $4,000. Let's pretend like he does have a tab here. <laughs> now, listen, when he comes here, I, I play guitar and sing here, and that's why they, they allow us to use our electricity to do this. But um, so when you come here, it, it, your name is Tim Smith because if it's Eisenhart, they're going to give you the tab worth four thousand bucks. So thank you guys so much for for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time, and I, you know, I, I've grown to like you, Matt, as as a person. But uh, now that I've heard more about you, I really appreciate your philosophy on 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 how to how to deal with kids at the next level, and also how how you're coaching. And it's you know, it's no wonder having talked to you why you got such a good guy as your soccer coach but also as your kind of right hand man and your assistant ad so seriously thank you guys for coming on glenn um i think you just you know you have to replace john because you ask questions and then you listen to the answer i try you try and uh, yeah yeah john doesn't do that no and i appreciate the opportunity i also appreciate these guys for hiring me i really enjoy the experience i really enjoy the the college the feel the atmosphere i was mentioning earlier to you guys or to you when we were at your house. Um, I'm really impressed with the players because the men support the women's team, the women support the men's team. It's not like they just show up, do their job, and go home. Uh, it really is. It's really an enjoyable experience. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's been, that, that's one of the things I've enjoyed is just creating that culture of, of appreciation and let's support each other, and it's, it's, it's really it's good. It's evident in those, in those programs. Well, keep it up, guys, because I, I refer kids all the time to SMCC. I've been pushing kids to go there because of the improvements you've made, the fact that I, kn- I know you. I tell kids all the time, I'm like, go play there. It's, you'll, you'll have a good experience. Every kid that's played there has said great things about it, and they moved on to the next level. So appreciate what you're doing. Don't stop what you're doing because it's good for kids, and it's good for the next generation. It's good for me. And it's good for me. Absolutely. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you.